Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Today on She Speaks Life, I want to welcome you, Maria Hatch Bowersack. I actually met Maria through her encouraging Instagram posts, and she has an incredible God story to share with us about truly finding freedom in Christ. She is the founder of Name Free Ministries and has a book on its way called Oh Goodness, and attached to that will be a really good in-depth Bible study. And of course, you can reach out to Maria on Instagram and Facebook and on our website at namefreeministries.com for booking speaking events. So let's get to know Maria. Hi, Maria. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you asking me to come on. Yeah, I am so grateful for you coming on here. I'm so glad God has crossed our paths and would love for you to share with us more about you and your God story. Yeah, I would love to share that with you. So it really, I mean, can I just jump in? Can we just go for it? Oh, go for it. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I, like, I like those kind of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> We're just jumping and go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've really been thinking a lot about a lot about this. And, you know, with all of our stories, there's so many layers and aspects that we can share. But the one that just, keeps coming to the forefront of my mind is discovering God's goodness, which mm-hmm. goes so much along with the book and the Bible study. I just was thinking back on my life before Christ. And what I mean by that is I can't say that I've grown up ever not knowing about him, which I understand is very amazing and rare. Sure. I was saturated in a home where God and the Holy Spirit and Christ was talked about to me very directly. I just don't remember a time in my life where I didn't know about him Mm -hmm. and I didn't know about his presence in in my life. But Mm -hmm. in addition to that was a lot of abuse, physical, verbal, and sexual abuse by um, an authority figure. Mm -hmm. And So it was a lot of confusion, like my early years was a lot of confusion of the clarity of who God is delivered by my mom, who is somebody I trusted. And I, I mean, I knew loved me. And so you listen to those people that you trust, especially in your most formative years, and you believe them, like she really loved the Lord and I believed her and she really believed truth about him. Right. And I believed those truths. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, but at the same time, then I would experience this abuse and watch abuse happen to siblings and my mom. And so really wrestling with God's goodness in that and if he really was actively involved personally mm-hmm. in our life. Like I knew in a general sense that God was good. I mean, I grew up 
for the most part in a Christian home because of my mom and went to church. I knew and was told the truth. Mm-hmm. I knew that God was good. I was told he was good. Right. But what I was experiencing wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, moving on to middle school, remember being involved in church very heavily. Like church was just my safe space. It was the one place that wasn't chaotic and it, it didn't have all this fear attached to it. It just was safe to be there right. and I had fun and I laughed. But it was during those years where I was told that God cannot be where there is sin. That's what his holiness means. Mm-hmm. So you add on my experience from early life and just thinking, this isn't good. I can't understand God's goodness. And now layering that with, oh, God is holy. And and that means he can't be where there is sin. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't be with me when all of this bad stuff was happening to me. Mm. So kind of subconsciously, really, I, I developed this belief that God was good, but he couldn't be where there wasn't good happening. So in my situation where bad was being done to me, Mm-hmm. You know, God couldn't be there. I mean, that's a huge flaw in our theology when we go about believing that. And yeah, it, yeah it's just a really big deal as a young person right. to believe I mean, and think that. Oh, yeah. And that's fear that where was God, right? That's a scary place to believe that, that lie. That's yes. scary. It, it really is. It yeah. really is. And it's scary as a young person. And, yeah. and I didn't know to ask questions. I wasn't taught to ask questions. You know, I was raised up on the heels of the generation where we start to ask a lot of questions, but it wasn't really, it's not that it wasn't appropriate. It's just, it wasn't done. Like Mm -hmm. we just didn't ask questions. We just, we believed what the hierarchy said. Like we believed what the pastor said or the youth pastor said. And so we just believed it and digested it as truth, which and I'll get to this more, but this is why I feel like Name Free Ministries stands so firmly on, like, girlfriend, you've got to know the Word of God firsthand, not secondhand. Right. Did your mom know about the abuse, or? I don't know, honestly. I can't answer that question, honestly. I don't know if, I don't think she knew completely, yeah. like, to the full extent. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was a messy, messy, scary situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And because the one doing the abuse was also very well known in the city. And mm-hmm. so it just was a very tricky yeah. and terrifying situation. Yeah. So it ended because I had said at 15, like, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but although it ended, the damage mentally was done. A lot of trauma and trauma just really, if it's not dealt with appropriately, can just really cause so many symptoms. And so my life really could be summarized as I became a people pleaser, but a manipulative one where I just, I wanted to please them, but because of how it made me feel, it made me feel good about myself. And so... And all this time, you know, still going to church and still even reading the Word of God and still I had this desire. I can't explain it. You know, it's not a black and white. My story isn't a black and white one. It's definitely okay. messy. It's, yeah. You know, I desired him. Right. I desired Jesus. Yeah. 
as I was developing and experiencing bitterness and anger and manipulation and being manipulative, like never wanting to experience pain again. So I manipulated people instead of loving them. And so, you know, just a lot of fear and anxiety and shame started to develop. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to really get my act together. And by getting my act together, I mean, like becoming the good girl and doing the good things and being known as the good girl and, you know, waiting to have sex before you're married and all of Mm -hmm. homecoming queen, like all of the things that would make me appear to be a good girl and to do the good things. But I associated being good as God would then bless me. And so I had this flawed belief that God's goodness was experienced when I was good. Mm -hmm. So my whole motive of being the good Christian girl wasn't to praise God. Yeah. It wasn't to honor him. It was, what can I get out of this? And I can't say that I knew that when I was doing it. I just was doing it because that's what I thought God's goodness was. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes we do that. We don't know at the time, but then we look back and go, oh, wow, I had motives with what I was doing there. (laughs) But we don't discover that until we spiritually mature and then we can look back and go, oh, that was all for the wrong reasons. And it just goes back to the good works. Good works doesn't get us to heaven. We need faith. And, you know, what is faith without good works was good works without faith and James, you know. Right. That's what comes to my mind when you're talking about that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was actually, I was just doing a teaching on Ephesians 1 and just our identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And, like, we can go to Scripture to know our identity in Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. But if knowing our identity in Christ doesn't motivate us to praise him, then we're not even living in our identity. It's not even the right motive. It, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it just made me, what you just said made me think of that too. Like, we really are created to praise him. Yeah. Like, it's just how it is. There is no other scenario mm-hmm. or other equation like that it fits. Like, knowing our identity in Christ and knowing who God is equals praise mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't know, and I associated God's goodness as it somehow being dependent on me being good. And so I would really say, Jamie, this really all came to a head. I did a really good job being the good girl up until 24 when I I got married, and I essentially, I could not believe it, that I married a man that was exactly like I I mean I remember waking up and realizing like how did this happen but I mean he was essentially the man that was abusing me when I was a kid and I realized I married a man just like this person wow yeah what am I doing how did I become this and it was a wake-up call like I couldn't even recognize myself anymore yeah and I thought I would never like I built up so much like anger and almost hate and resentment that I was so convinced that I would never yeah I did right I did and that was probably the whiplash was oh my word I am capable of doing the things that I said I would never do yeah. And it, it, it got really bad and it ended in a divorce. And that was very humiliating, especially 
when somebody is working really hard to keep up this picture perfect appearance of being the good girl. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're like, and so, you're ruining my style. Okay. <laughs> yes. This isn't working. Yeah. And, and it was, it was devastating and it was short lived. It was like a six month thing. So mm-hmm. that it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. I mean, so much shame and guilt. And, and judgment, quite frankly, like, and that was really hard. Mm-hmm. And so my life from there very much represented the one that got away from in John 10, how Jesus says, you know, you are my sheep. And if one of you goes away, I will go and get you yes, and bring yes. you back. Yeah. And I became that one because after the divorce, what happened is I thought I was done. Like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep up this hustle with you and what being a Christian means. Like, I yeah. am exhausted. Genuinely thought that this is what being a Christian was, was like hustling my way through it. Like, right. I thought I had to hustle to earn his love and his approval. And so I left. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't hustle anymore. I didn't fit. I mean, it became very obvious. Mm-hmm. I didn't fit. And while the judgment hurt at the time, and it also was the very thing that made me realize, like, you don't fit here, Maria. Like, you can't be good like them. So leave. Because mm-hmm. they don't even know what's going on in your heart for real. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't even know that you don't even really want this life. You're just doing it because you're scared of anything else. Right. And so... If I didn't fit based on my appearance, I surely didn't fit if they saw what's really going on inside of my heart. And so I left what I thought was leaving Christianity. In my heart, I was done. I just was done. I couldn't do it anymore. And so during that time, I made a commitment. And this part is really hard to talk about. And I wish that this wasn't a part of my story, but it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's where he met me. And I'm sorry if I get choked up. That's okay, (laughs) girl. But I left. Good, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So I, I left and I decided, like, Lord, I'm done. Like, I cannot mm-hmm. be the good girl anymore. And so I decided that I was going to do whatever I, I ever wanted. Like, I would not withhold anything yeah. from my flesh mm-hmm. because I didn't care anymore. And mm-hmm. I really thought, like, there was a part of me that hoped that even if it got so bad, that he would still come for me. Like, it's it's almost like I needed to know mm-hmm. that my theology about who he was was wrong. Yeah. Because, like, would you love me at my worst, Lord? And, yeah. and I'm not saying that that's why I did what I did. I did what I did because I made a choice. Right. But I got caught up in a married man had pursued me hardcore after the divorce. And no part of me stopped myself. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I really I identified for a long time as an adulteress. Mm-hmm. And because that's what I essentially was. And I know that that type of choice rubbed people the wrong way. But I can't deny that it is what happened. And I also would be lying to you if I said he didn't come for me. Because he did. Like, yeah. I don't know why he did. I don't, I didn't deserve it. Like, he came and followed me. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is why I'm following him. Because, I, you know, as a middle schooler, like, thinking he can't be where there's sin, so he couldn't be where the abuse was, and how flawed that was. Like, right. if any, any woman thinks that, like, that is not 
are right thinking and it is mm-hmm. not true of who God is. And then to know, like, I had an affair mm-hmm. and he came for me. Yeah. Like, he came for me. Jamie, I will never forget. There was one time I was driving over there and I yelled at him in the car. I said, I left you. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And what I meant by that was, why do I still feel convicted? Mm-hmm. And that's because, like, it's his conviction. His conviction is kind, and it leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And I specifically remember, I wasn't in church when he was convicting me. I wasn't worshiping him when he was convicting me. I was on the way to be at a place I had no business being, mm-hmm. committing sin, all sorts of layers, hurting and breaking relationships with people because of all that was involved. And God convicted me. Yeah. Like, that is evidence yeah. of the Holy Spirit sure if is. we feel convicted. And so, so good. I mean, He didn't just come after me in church mm-hmm. and when I was worshiping Him and when I yeah. was actively pursuing Him. When he you... came after me when I, I literally said, Leave me alone. He is a pursuer. He, his love is just just relentless. Yeah. I was not a wise investment and I'm sure, I mean, I know that I'm not stupid. I'm not ignorant. And Mm -hmm. I know that other people would say the same, but yet he chose me, you know? And so talk about taking my theology of goodness and really flipping it upside down. Um, (laughs) I read Beth Moore's book, when godly people do ungodly things it was so amazing and it really she really focused in on sexual sin and I just remember I couldn't even tell you what what part of the book it was but it just like hit me Mm -hmm. and for the first time it was when everything came to a head and I was faced to realize like how bad this was Mm -hmm. and it hit me like I literally felt the weight of my sin from like my feet all the way up to my head, like just completely lift off. And it's probably the only time I've ever had an experience quite like that. And then immediately I just cried and I said, I don't deserve it. It was like I knew he let me feel the weight and then he let me feel like the forgiveness of it. And that it's already done, Maria. Like I've already forgiven you. And it just and so shows that the really, burdens that we are not meant to carry. He says, take yeah. off your burdens. Give them to me. And that's exactly what I just envision right now. Yeah. That weight on your shoulders yeah. lifted off and giving it to yeah. him. He's just taking it from you. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it's been a journey with shame and guilt. And it's been years of healing. But sure. God has been good. And he has been so faithful. And it's only by his but yeah I mean really name free ministries was birthed it started as a blog called a woman named free and it was really this place of knowing freedom knowing true freedom in Christ yeah and only in Christ Mm -hmm. because I had to have it my other option was death like I was just done Mm -hmm. and you know it started as a blog and you know now as a ministry we are constantly asking ourselves is this for the one because we are so motivated by her by the Mm -hmm. one and we just are constantly asking god please show us where she is let us love her you know everything we write everything we post is all motivated by Mm -hmm. her 
Just so right on because we should be concerned with what Jesus is concerned with. And if he's concerned with the one, then we should be after the one. And, you know, some people get discouraged if one person shows up. I know it can get frustrating. You allow your flesh to get frustrated. But if that one person shows up, then that is the one person that needs that ministering to, that needs that Bible study, that needs that conversation, that influence and that encouragement at that time. So true, Jamie. We just had that conversation um, at one of our board meetings because it is it's so discouraging when not that many people show up. And so we say we're, we're motivated by the one. We're constantly reminding ourselves it is for the one. Jesus literally left the 99 mm-hmm. and he would do it again for you, for me, for anyone, to go and get her mm-hmm. and go and get him and bring them back like yeah, he did yeah. for our good. Yeah, that's something we're constantly reminding ourselves. You know what? I mean, it's so counterculture. That's why. Like, this world. I was going to say that. Yeah. It it just is. It's so, because, I mean, I tell you what, like, just business, you got to look at how many people are you engaging or, you know, just so many things that go along with business. So, yeah, it is. It's totally countercultural in so many ways. So many ways. Yeah, because the world system is all about the numbers, how many people, and it's rewiring your mind and renewing your mind with the word to constantly. Yes, I love that. Yeah, to constantly yes. go back to well, what does Jesus care about? Because that's what we need yes. to be caring about. Yeah, it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it just because I was one. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you have that story, you mm-hmm. are always pricked by that because you never forget what that was like. So in that time in that car where you felt convicted, is that when you ended things with that person? No. Okay. No. Okay. So it continued on. No. No, that that continued honestly until it came to a head. People found out and thank God my parents got involved. And if it wasn't for other people stopping it, it it just would have gone into a pit. I mean, it already was. But it just would have been worse. And so thank God for parents love the Lord and step in and say, Mm -hmm. enough. And that that is what happened. And and to rewind the clock a little bit, I say parents because it was just my mom up until I was 18. But my mom got married when I was 18 to a man, a wonderful man. But she had really been a single mom most of our life. So we'd only ever known life with her and so Mm -hmm. he was a wonderful man adopted me and he really was more of a dad to me than anyone else and so Mm -hmm. it just kind of naturally started to where I called him dad he called me daughter he adopted me he didn't need to adopt me but he did Mm -hmm. yeah he played a key role and God really used him to heal up a lot of broken wounds Mm -hmm. and also end this affair had he not been actively involved, it gets me choked up thinking about just that. Like, he really was a good dad. Integral a really part, good dad. Integral part in your healing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for many reasons. So then you remarried, right? And got Oh, yeah. But I was so anti-remarrying. I was like, I'm not getting married <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's done. I, I'll never. I that was my vow to God. I'll never get married again. Oh my gosh! So how <laughs> many? Girl, how, how many years was that? Did you wait? 
gosh, it was not that many years. It was when, by the time we met, it was truly like five months that we were married. But he has his own story, too, and so it just was one of those things where I I really wasn't going to get married. I just, he was sure. He was like, I'm going to marry you. And I was like, that's really sweet, but I'm actually not getting married again. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, I told him everything, too, thinking that would make him run. And he's like, there's nothing you could tell me that would make me love you oh, less. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to marry you. But also, the other part was my parents were very pro this marriage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you guys, do you not remember what I did and that I just have had a divorce? I don't understand Mm-hmm. And my mom and dad both didn't want me to get married the first time because they were concerned and yeah. had concerns. So it just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So they felt like, like this okay. guy was a good guy. They were, yeah, and they yeah. really, they felt like he was a good guy, but mom really felt like an urgency, like, Marie, you need to marry him. Like, I can't explain it. I, and mm-hmm. she and I were best friends, but it wasn't like you need to marry him, but she mm-hmm. very much was. She was sure. Yeah. And that is always, whenever my mom was sure about something, it was always prayed over and probably yeah. fasted over. I know. See, I was just going to say, about. she probably had a knowing. She's probably like, I I know well, that I know that I know this is the man yeah. for you to marry. Okay. Like that should she be didn't enough. just say it. Yeah. yeah she, she just knew it with conviction. It was from the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. And so that made me curious. I would say, and it also let a little bit of a guard down. But a lot of my shame and guilt from mm-hmm. what I had done mm-hmm. was, like, I, I didn't feel I deserved it. Mm-hmm. And I felt really humiliated. Who gets a divorce and then gets remarried again? And mm-hmm. then so many people didn't even know about the affair. So then add that on top of it. And so I didn't even want to for that reason alone. But we did. We And it was a very small, it was only our immediate family it was a beautiful day. It was mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. And three months later, my parents died in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. And so now looking back, just the timing of that mm-hmm. was, I can't imagine not having my husband now not be my husband through the probably most horrific yeah. experience of my life. Wow. It's almost like your mom may have not known that this was coming, but just maybe something there. Jamie, like, it just didn't make sense. My mom was not somebody to just be like, yeah, go get married again. Yeah. But, yeah, just the timing of it all. um, Wow. They were flying to, my dad owned a small airport in Fort Wayne called Smithfield, and he flew. Like, that was his hobby. Okay. He was like a doctor by day, and then he'd go fly around he loved to fly yeah so they were flying into Charlevoix airport and the equipment that tells them how close to the ground they are Mm -hmm. failed Mm -hmm. and so he was closer to the ground than he realized Mm -hmm. and so um he went to try to take off really quickly but in small jet or in small planes Mm -hmm. if you take off really quickly the engine shuts off Mm -hmm. and that's what happened. And Mm -hmm. then the plane ended up crashing and Mm -hmm. they, they passed away. So sorry. And my, yeah, thank you. It was terrible, terrible. It was a nightmare. It was, this is the second, my dad had, this was his second plane crash. 
that he had been in. And it was one of those things people used to ask me all the time, like, are you nervous to fly? I would always respond, no. And it would never happen again. Like, if anything, Mm -hmm. I'm confident to fly with him. Because how would that ever happen again? Right, yeah. And I remember getting the phone call that night and thinking, my phone went dead right when I went to pick it up. And it was my papa. And as I was waiting for my phone to charge, I start pacing the room. And I, I can't even, it's like I knew. Mm-hmm. I just knew. Because mm-hmm. my body already started responding to it. But I kept saying out loud, you don't know. You don't know. This would never happen again. This would never happen again. Right. And every now and then I would stop and I would hit the bed and say, I can't believe they're dead. But I didn't even know that they were dead. Like I was screaming, crying. Wow. But I didn't even hear those words. It was just like I knew. Right, right. And so finally, by the time the phone charged and I was able to pick it up and call my papa back, as, you know, and when we got the news, it was, I mean, just yeah. the whole scene was just horrific. It was just mm-hmm. horrific. You know, tying it back in then to God's goodness, mm-hmm. you know, God had done so much healing in my life and in my relationship with him prior to this. I mean, I think about, thank you, God, because I can't imagine dealing with everything and being in the middle of the season of where I left him when this happened, you know? Sure, yeah. But he had healed up so much um, already that I really went on, like I would say after, and I talk a lot about this, the whole, this is what the whole book is about, you know, just discovering Mm -hmm. his goodness. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, it took me a long time to understand how this could ever be worked out for good mm-hmm. because there are so many layers to this a plane crash that make it not good. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, really where the healing, you know, comes in is, you know, in Romans eight twenty eight, it says, God will work all things out for the good of those that love him. Mm-hmm. And I, I always translated that to mean, like, somehow this will work out for good but that's not what that scripture is saying it's saying this isn't good this plane crash and this death isn't good and Mm -hmm. it's never going to be good right and the only death that turned out to be good was jesus's death on the cross because Mm -hmm. it gave us salvation right what he says he'll do is work it for the good and so that Mm -hmm. is really what all of the book oh goodness is about is what does that mean and how does that look? Yeah, so good. And that's what the Bible study is too. So yeah, that's a lot of my, (laughs) a lot of my story right there. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, well, we need to hear it, you know, when, when bad things happen to us, how do we respond? What is God's goodness all about when all we see is bad things happening and, We always need that knowledge. We always need to hear someone else's voice on what they went through and remind us that God is still good no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, and even if that thing isn't good, like that thing that we're going through or that circumstance that we're going through or even if it never works good. I think about, yeah, my parents' death. Like it's never going to be good to me. That can't ever be good to me. Or somebody that's, lost a child it's okay not to have a positive perspective on it Mm -hmm. but God is still going to work it for our good it doesn't mean that that thing is somehow going to be positive in your life people so badly they want good news and there is good news in the gospel 
but not everything is good in life, you know, like not everybody is going through good things and not everybody can have a positive. Yeah. We live in like, a broken world, you know, we this just is, do. Yeah. We just do. Yeah. Until, until Jesus comes or we go to heaven. That's right. <laughs> That's right, girl. It'll be perfect. Is there a, a takeaway you want to give the listeners and talk a little more about your book if you wanted to that's coming soon yeah. or just something that they can reflect on and that'd be awesome yeah I I, mean, I, I do I, I mean I believe so much in just the message that is in this book and I desperately want like my prayer and even in the opening of the book it's that every single person that reads the book will discover God's goodness for themselves personally and mm-hmm. That, more than anything, is what I want for the reader and the listener. It's just that personal, to know Jesus and God personally. So that would be my takeaway for sure. You know, I, yeah. can't, I can't wait to read it. I'm looking forward Thanks, to baby. it. It's called Oh Goodness. I, I love that title, yeah. too. I thought that was super cool. Really cute. I love it. I can't take credit. My girlfriend actually came up with it. Did she? <laughs> she totally did I was like there was a different title and I was like I'm not loving this title (laughs) and she whipped out that one I'm like you're so good at this yeah so she's yeah gotta love our friends yeah I could just see it with an exclamation mark at the end you know or I don't know yeah 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 so cool Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for being vulnerable and transparent with yeah. us and sharing what you've gone Thanks through. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the, the freedom that we have in Christ, it's it's like nothing else, and it's just so fulfilling. It's encouraging, inspiring for others to hear the depths of where, you know, where we came from and how God got us through and where we're at today because there is hope through Jesus. There is joy through Jesus. And I love that you shared your story and I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. In Maria's story, she shares about God's goodness and the times she felt she had to be good in order to receive it. If you are struggling with having to feel like being good will bring God's goodness, I want to encourage you to lay those lies down. Ask God to heal you from that entrapment and allow his grace and love to just flood your heart and mind. In another part of Maria's story, she expressed her sin and the bondage she felt and then the healing she received that only Jesus can give. If you feel this heavy burden of sin, I want to encourage you to know that Jesus is pursuing you and wants to lead you back to him and to heal those places so you will live in the fullness of freedom with him. And remember, friends, it always helps to write out your journey in a journal as you encounter him who loves you relentlessly. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. 
You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.